On April 28, 2020, the New York Times published a headline which soon went viral around the world. The Pentagon released UFO videos, it said, in bold print, and news outlets everywhere picked up the story. It was reported on CNN and 60 Minutes. The New Yorker wrote a 13,000-word piece on it. It was covered on YouTube channels and local news broadcasts, as foreign and domestic media alike went into a fervor over the strange report. Documentaries would be made along with multi-season television series exploring the subject. The article explained how the Department of Defense had released never-before-seen footage of UFOs. Three different videos had been unleashed on the public, each one showing seemingly unexplainable phenomena. Aircraft which flew with no regard for the laws of physics as we know them. These videos gave new hope to those seeking confirmation of extraterrestrial life. But this was just the beginning. Senator Harry Reid commented on the videos being released to the public, saying that he was glad the Pentagon was finally releasing the footage, but that it only scratched the surface of research and materials available. Word would later be leaked that there were hundreds of similar reports with varying levels of evidence. UFO researchers and those who believed in aliens visiting Earth suddenly had newfound hope that we would begin to see a treasure trove of lost data. Photos and video evidence long buried would perhaps finally see the light of day so that we could all examine it for ourselves. Unfortunately, despite reports of far more evidence being locked in the bowels of the Pentagon, the Department of Defense released only these three clips. More than two years later, no foreign governments have come forward to claim responsibility for the strange objects recorded by the U.S. Navy while at sea. A 40-foot-long, white, tic-tac-shaped aircraft was spotted by pilots in one instance. It moved with impossible speed. The other two videos showed two different aircrafts with entirely unique designs but similar capabilities. They had no heat signatures and sometimes no wings. They defied gravity, and the laws of physics as we know them. Multiple eyewitnesses have confirmed these events, ruling out the possibilities of digital fakery and the fact that the videos come directly from the U.S. Navy should verify their authenticity to any skeptics. Therefore, we know the videos to be genuine. But is there another explanation for what they show? Or is this authentic footage of extraterrestrials visiting Earth? By sorting through the facts and looking at the footage, can we determine for certain if these aerial phenomena are human-made? Today, we'll be doing a deep dive to find out and to decide once and for all. What are the Pentagon UFO videos? Are the aircraft man-made? Or are they the long-awaited proof we've been looking for to finally verify the existence of extraterrestrial life? Part 1. FLIR and the USS Nimitz on November 14, 2004, 30 miles off the coast of California, the USS Nimitz Carrier Strike Group was performing exercises. David Fravor was flying an F-15 Super Hornet with a co-pilot, and they were doing drills with three other jets. A highly experienced pilot, Fravor was at the peak of his career. His plane was brand new and top of the line. His wingmen and co-pilot were the best in the business, and so was he. A carrier strike group is the tip of the spear, so to speak, when it comes to the capabilities of the U.S. military. 
They are the first line of offense if a war begins. This carrier strike group contained a submarine, two guided missile cruisers, two anti-aircraft warships, and the crown jewel of them all, an aircraft carrier able to launch 64 supersonic jets into enemy territory, a nightmare for any opposing military force. As the four planes performed their exercises, Commander David Fravor, leader of the squad called the Black Aces, received an incoming transmission. This call was from the USS Princeton, a ship-bound controller, as opposed to the airbound controller, which had been giving them their intel up until that point. The USS Princeton has advanced radar capabilities, enabling its crew to spot a baseball-sized object at more than 80,000 feet, far more information than the pilots themselves were able to see. And the radar operator on board had just noticed something terrifying. Their tone was urgent, said the wingman pilot, who spoke under condition of anonymity. And the requests were unusual. This is not a drill. This is a real-world intercept, they told her, sending a chill up her spine. Real-world intercepts are extremely rare and could mean an enemy attack from a foreign military. The pilots abandoned their practice drills immediately to respond to the real-world situation. Adrenaline began to pump through their veins as they banked steeply, racing off to intercept an unknown aircraft which had been spotted. As they sped away from their exercises, the pilots wondered what sort of aircraft they would find. An advanced fighter jet? A drug-smuggling single-engine Cessna? Or perhaps they would simply find a weather balloon lazily floating across the water. When the unknown aircraft's position came into range, Fravor said he was looking around trying to see where the signal was coming from. His co-pilot noticed it just as he did and pointed down at the water below. The wingman pilot said she thought at first there had been a wreck, that some poor soul had crashed, and they were the first ones to find the remains of an aircraft which had taken a nosedive into the Pacific Ocean. There was a disturbance in the sea, and the water was bubbling and white. The pilots circled over it for a while, trying to determine what it was. As they looked closer, examining the strange phenomena, they realized it was a white tic-tac-shaped pod that sat just above the water without moving. The wingman pilot said she observed the exact same thing, meaning that if this was a shared delusion, it was shared by at least two trained experts who have spoken about it on record. As they continued to circle over it, examining the strange object, it started bouncing around like a ping pong ball, David Fravor said. It accelerated instantly, turning 180 degrees in an instant, unlike anything they had seen before as experienced pilots. It made no sense and totally disobeyed the laws of physics as we know them. Fravor's wingman pilot described it looking like this. No windows, no flat surfaces, smooth. No intakes, no smoke trails. It looked like a giant tic-tac maybe 40 feet long, large enough to scare the shit out of me. It was so unpredictable, high G, rapid velocity, rapid acceleration. She wondered who the hell had this sort of technology. If the US Navy couldn't make an aircraft like that with the most advanced military on the planet, who could? How could I possibly fight this? She said of the aircraft. Most people would run from something like that 
They stood no chance against something so advanced. Not to mention, they had no ordnance, meaning they had no weapons on board their aircraft. The only option in a fight would be to ram it, and none of them wanted it to come to that. They continued circling the strange white tic-tac-shaped craft for a while. The wingman pilot said she stayed in high cover, afraid of what might happen if the strange ship saw them and attacked. But Fravor decided to take a different approach. He was curious, and he wanted to see the thing up close. The highly experienced pilot told his colleagues that he was going to get closer, to take a better look for himself. Fravor is a rare breed, said Luis Elizondo, a military intelligence expert, talking about the event. He's one of the few folks who run towards danger, not away from it. I really wanted to see what it was, Fravor said. If I could have joined it, gotten right up on it, and gotten Blue Angel close, then I probably would have done that. The wingman pilot said that even from her height, far above, the UFO seemed to notice that Fravor was closing in on it, and it changed its patterns immediately and began to move more erratically. Flying the $65 million state-of-the-art Super Hornet down towards the ocean, Fravor said the same thing, that the white object seemed to notice him and immediately changed its patterns. This thing would move instantaneously, Fravor said about the aircraft, similar to the way you throw a ping pong ball at a wall. As it got closer, the aircraft began to mirror his jet. It seemed to hover and then made a pretty aggressive climb towards our altitude. It crosses my nose and then it's gone. All four pilots said they saw the same thing and couldn't make any sense of it. But at least now the strange object was gone. A wave of relief ran through all of them, especially the less experienced pilots in the group. UFO sightings are common enough among military pilots that there has been a nickname for them since World War II, when the first appearances began to be recorded. The pilots call them Foo Fighters, just like the popular rock band. Commander Fravor was less relieved than the other pilots. Instead, he was still curious. What the hell had that white tic-tac-shaped aircraft really been anyways? They started flying back towards the rendezvous point they had set up with the USS Nimitz and gradually made their way across the 60-mile trek towards the carrier strike group. And then they got another call from the USS Princeton. The unidentified object was back. The UFO they had seen was now waiting at their pre-established rendezvous point what Fravor referred to as the cap point. The 40-foot-long, white tic-tac had flown 60 miles in a matter of seconds, at three times the speed of sound or more. And it had flown to the exact place where Fravor was going, as if it had read his mind. When the four pilots returned to the USS Nimitz, they told everyone about what they had seen. Another pilot said he was going to go out with an infrared camera to try and find the object and to film the tic-tac if he could find it out there. Few objected, as many of them wanted to see the thing for themselves. Commander Fravor had a strong reputation, and if anyone disbelieved his story, they haven't spoken up publicly. This is when most UFO stories would go cold, as lack of evidence is a recurring issue in most of these cases. But instead, the pilot with the IR camera managed to capture footage of what he believed to be the ship in question as he followed it through the skies until it took off out of frame at a high rate of speed. 
The footage would become the first of the three Pentagon UFO videos, and it will be the first one that we'll examine in detail. So what exactly did the video show? Is it really the tic-tac-shaped UFO that Fravor and his co-pilot saw? Or is it something else altogether? And what do skeptics have to say about it? Fravor's wingman pilot says the video, called FLIR, showed an exact representation of what she observed that day, and that she believes the two aircrafts are one and the same. Assuming that they are, for a moment, let's examine the evidence and see what experts say about this footage. On the History Channel's unidentified Inside America's UFO Investigation, two aeronautics experts examine the video and go through it step by step. The object is flying at approximately 20,000 feet. This is somewhat inconsistent with the typical passenger airplane which flies at 33,000 to 42,000 feet while cruising. This may be important later when we get to our skeptics' counter-arguments. The experts go on to say that the aircraft lacks any flight control surfaces and does not appear to resemble any aircraft they have seen before. In addition to the lack of wings or tail fin, the aircraft does not show a heat signature. Any jet known to man would show some sort of infrared signature or a plume, according to these experts. But there is nothing of the sort visible in the images. Brian Bender, national security correspondent at Politico, said this of the technology. Nobody that I know is aware of some breakthrough in technology that would allow these aircraft to do what they purportedly are doing. Still, there are skeptics who say that this aircraft and the others belong to foreign militaries, or that they aren't military-made at all. Mike West, a skeptical science writer, had this to say about the tic-tac-shaped object in the FLIR footage after in-depth analysis. It looks like an out-of-focus, distant passenger plane. This video does not show anything really interesting. He describes the tic-tac-shaped aircraft as being a distant 747, seen from a rear, half-profile view. If you imagine a blurry, far-off passenger plane when looking at the image, it is possible to believe this is correct, as the tail fin and wings wouldn't be visible at great distances. Only the larger shape of the plane's body would. However, West does not seem to mention the lack of a heat signature in his video analysis. And what about the other things Fravor and his co-pilot saw that day, when they observed the craft moving like a ping-pong ball, completely defying the laws of gravity? West has an answer for that too, saying that what the pilot saw was an optical illusion called mirroring that likely occurred when they spotted a weather balloon or some other explainable phenomenon. In the video released by the Pentagon, called FLIR, it doesn't show the tic-tac shape making any of the erratic movements described by the pilots. Instead, it remains static in the frame. At the very end of the video, when it does leave the frame, it does so at a rate of speed which is consistent with a passenger aircraft, at least according to West. Again, the experts on the History Channel and other sources disagree, classifying the rate of speed as the aircraft leaves the frame as far faster than anything known to man. Who's to say which expert is correct? We also cannot discount the descriptions given by the four pilots over the water that day. Two of them have given interviews to describe the events on camera, and they describe it in such great detail and with such authenticity 
that one cannot help but believe what they are saying is true. Even Mike West, the skeptical science writer, concedes that just because the FLIR video seems to show a regular aircraft, at least in his opinion, it doesn't mean that more exciting things didn't happen off camera, or that Fravor and his co-pilots didn't see a UFO. Other experts also disagree with his opinions, as West himself points out. To the Stars Academy of Arts and Sciences and the History Channel have all come to the consensus that the footage was unexplainable and likely shows a UFO. There is no definitive answer in the case of the FLIR video, but we do have information which would lead most people to believe that something out of the ordinary happened over the Pacific Ocean that day. Between the accounts of Fravor and his co-pilots, as well as the footage seen in the FLIR video, there are still many questions left unanswered. For instance, how can the lack of heat signature be explained? And the ping pong movements of the UFO over the water seen by the pilots? Until further evidence can be obtained, this incident is still considered an unexplainable phenomenon. Maybe one day we will find out what truly happened out there and what that giant tic-tac-shaped UFO really was. But until then, we will have to move on to our second encounter. Part two, Gimbal. In 2014 and 2015, the USS Theodore Roosevelt Carrier Strike Group was operating off the east coast of the United States. During this time, multiple UFO sightings were made by US Navy personnel. And this is where the next two Pentagon UFO videos were sourced from. The second video we'll be looking at today, titled Gimbal, shows an aircraft reminiscent of the small fighter jet-style UFOs in Independence Day, with upwards curved saucer wings that jut out slightly from the rounded body of the aircraft. Lieutenant Ryan Graves spoke of the event to documentary filmmakers on the History Channel. David Fravor, the commander from the USS Nimitz who saw the Tic Tac, sat in for the interview hoping to reassure the younger Navy lieutenant that he was doing the right thing by going public with the information he had. Ryan Graves looks by all appearances to be a legitimate, credible individual. He is tall with brown hair, handsome by traditional standards, with a dimpled chin and athletic build. He speaks clearly and with obvious experience, having flown fighter jets for years, and he also works as an aeronautical engineer. His squadron, called the Red Rippers, was doing exercises on the east coast of the United States, he says, when they began picking up strange radar signals. Graves says they began to see unusual lights when they were flying, and it got to the point where every time they went up in the air, they saw them. A colleague even described seeing something which looked like a box inside of a cube, flying through the air and sounding very much like something out of Star Wars. If someone saw something like that once, Graves says, that would be one thing. But when you're seeing these types of things every day, that's cause for concern. He says there was talk at first that it could have been top secret drones the Navy were testing, so people didn't ask questions. But then, one of the unidentified aircrafts nearly caused a terrifying mid-air collision, and the senior pilots decided at that point to take action. Fravor spoke up at this point in the interview and asked Graves if anyone from the Navy had contacted him to tell him what was going on or to clarify the cause of these UFOs. Graves said nobody had spoken to him from higher up, 
It seemed that the senior naval officials were just as clueless about the sightings as the pilots were, and no investigations had been initiated to look into the concerns, at least according to Graves. Watching the video called Gimbal, the second of the three Pentagon UFO videos, Lieutenant Graves talks about that day. We were getting ready for deployment, doing exercises up and down the eastern seaboard. According to him, both Gimbal and GoFast, the second and third videos in the series released to the public, were filmed by pilots aboard the USS Theodore Roosevelt off the coast of Florida. This object was significantly larger than what we had been seeing, Graves said of the UFO and Gimbal, referring to the plethora of strange lights they had been seeing in recent weeks before the video was taken. He said the aircraft seen on camera was actually joined by several other, smaller aircrafts, and that they were flying in formation. None of this is recorded on the video released to the public, but if true, it would seem to indicate further evidence of Gimbal's validity as a real UFO sighting. This also makes sense in context with the audio noted in the video, as the pilots talk about a fleet. However, these other lights are not seen in Gimbal, and only the one strange saucer-shaped UFO is seen. The aircraft rotates and flies 90 degrees on its side, in total opposition to everything we know about how jets operate, according to Graves, who is an aerospace engineer, in addition to being a fighter pilot. Fravor agreed, saying that this sort of flight was completely impossible. I'm pretty baffled right now, he told documentary filmmakers in reference to the rotation of the aircraft. According to both men, who have a great deal of experience in their field, the aircraft seen in Gimbal was not man-made. The way it operated was light years beyond any technology we have available. But again, we have to look at this from all angles. As the great Carl Sagan once said, extraordinary claims require extraordinary proof. And there are skeptics out there who say they have an explanation for this event. Mike West, the skeptic science writer quoted earlier, appears to be at the forefront of those in opposition to ufologists as he talks about Gimbal in similar detail as the FLIR video, outlining his explanation for the sighting through several videos and printed articles. Right from the start, I thought this shows the infrared glare of a distant plane, rotating not because the plane is rotating, but because of an aircraft of the camera gimbal system, which is why they named the video Gimbal, West says. He goes on to explain how a glare can rotate independently of the image when tracked on a gimbal camera. This could rule out the possibility of alien technology if true, as it would mean that the aircraft does not actually rotate in a way which modern aircraft are incapable of. It was merely a video artifact. As much as West tried to recreate the saucer-shaped glare on his own infrared camera, he was unable to do so. But he was convinced that this artifact was indeed the cause of the strange image seen in the Navy video. Infrared videos of distant jets are not that common, he says, and tend to just show up as blobs. West sent out an open invitation to his followers, many of whom are science fanatics and skeptics, asking if they could try to catch an image of a passenger plane which resembled a UFO on their own IR cameras. After some time, a viewer named David Flatch sent in a clip taken from his own FLIR camera. It showed something vaguely similar to the image seen in Gimbal, 
a saucer shape with protrusions on the edges and a glowing aura around it. But when you look at it in regular camera mode, it is clearly a passenger jet. And the shape of the infrared glare actually looks nothing like the plane itself. Infrared is different from a video, after all, and doesn't show exactly the same thing as what our eyes observe. Therefore, it can be deceiving if taken as video evidence. West admits that this does not solve the UFO sighting 100%, but says it could give a fairly reasonable explanation as to the images seen in the gimbal video. It does leave several questions unanswered, namely what this aircraft was doing out there and the presence of the additional lights forming the fleet as pilots described it. Lieutenant Graves talked about numerous other sightings of strange looking aircraft, and it's hard to imagine anybody giving a real reason for the observed TIE fighter shaped aircraft, which were observed more than once, resembling boxes within spheres. Again, it is difficult to say whether the truth of these sightings can be explained. Were the lights in the sky merely optical illusions? Was the strange craft in Gimbal really just a distant airplane with an artifact causing it to appear like a UFO? Or were these sightings something far more than that? If we look at the evidence subjectively, it's easy to see both sides of the argument. And again, the skeptic Mike West does not put it out of the realm of possibility that something supernatural happened that day, especially given the other information put forth by those in attendance. Let's take a look at the next video, taken from the same time period, and see if it gives us any clues. Part three, go fast. According to Lieutenant Graves, just a few weeks after the gimbal video was taken, the third Pentagon UFO video was recorded, titled, Go Fast. It showed an object moving with evident speed, traveling quickly over the surface of the Atlantic Ocean off the coast of the United States near Jacksonville, Florida. Not much detail can be seen to determine what the object is, but the pilots recording it are clearly stunned. They whoop and yell, remarking on how fast the thing is going. They ask each other back and forth over the radio waves, what the hell is that thing? And yell, look at it fly. And soon after the video cuts out, leaving the viewer wondering what exactly it was that they just witnessed, a passive observer might think it's nothing exciting, if not for the way the two pilots react. Aeronautics experts on the History Channel, examining the footage in a series called Unidentified, Inside America's UFO Investigation, spoke with similar fascination when watching the 30-second clip. That thing is hauling ass, said retired Marine Lieutenant Colonel Chris Cook, who flew fighter jets for decades it's moving a little less than two-thirds the speed of sound. Also strange is that the object appears cold on the infrared camera. Could it have been a drone or another object like a bunch of balloons? At that rate of speed, the answer is no. Balloons carried on a gust of wind can look like a pretty convincing UFO, as witnessed in some videos out there. But this artifact was traveling at two-thirds the speed of sound according to retired Lieutenant Colonel Chris Cook. That's about 500 miles per hour for the record, much faster than wind speed. The fastest military drone known to the public can travel approximately 200 miles per hour. Again, much slower than the experts believe the aircraft in GoFast was traveling. 
So what on earth is capable of such incredible speeds? Let's check back with the skeptic writer Mike West and see if he has an explanation for this one as well. According to him, the object in the video is not moving low and fast. Instead, it is moving high and slow. A trick of perspective makes it look as if the aircraft is moving very quickly, but really it is just high in the air and is close to the pilot, making it look faster than it is. Imagine if you were looking at a highway carved on the face of a distant cliff, and you can see the cars tracing a path up the hill, going at what appears to be a very slow speed. Really, they're moving very quickly, but from your perspective, they are slow. Now imagine someone held a very tiny car up in front of you on a thin piece of wire and made it look like it was another vehicle in traffic, moving at lightning speed, flying past the cars. Really, the tiny car which is near you is moving much slower than the ones in the distance, but it looks like it is moving quickly because of the perspective. So if that's the case, then it really could just be a bunch of balloons floating through the sky, small enough and close enough to fool the pilot into thinking it was an aircraft down by the surface of the water. West goes into great detail, using the numbers provided on screen in GoFast to determine the height and relative speed of the UFO. Using trigonometry, he determines that the aircraft was about half the height of the jet recording it. He goes on to explain that based on that height, the object was traveling nowhere near the speed of sound. Instead, it was moving at 20 to 40 knots, well within the range of wind speed. Who can really say for sure whether West's breakdown of the video is completely accurate? But it does raise questions about what GoFast really shows. Should we trust the opinions of the retired Marine Lieutenant Colonel over the skeptics? One flew jets and the other didn't, you could argue. Mike West is a retired video game programmer, which doesn't seem like much of a credential, but if you look deeper, you will find he has devoted his life to the field of UFOs and conspiracy theories. He is a world-renowned skeptic who is credited with debunking chemtrails after years of research. He has co-authored scientific papers and he has decades of experience in UFO studies. But his expertise is specific to debunking these claims. If you look through his YouTube page, you will find thumbnails featuring titles like UF No and High Speed Flyby UFO Solved, as he makes a living off of debunking these types of videos. He has a vested interest in proving the ufologists wrong. But one could argue that the producers of documentaries on History Channel and others also have a vested interest in making people believe that these videos are genuine UFOs with no explanation and that they could even potentially be of extraterrestrial origin. How do we know which side to believe? Or is it possible that there is room for both arguments to exist? David Fravor and Lieutenant Ryan Graves do not appear to be conspiracy theorists or attention-seeking wannabe reality stars searching for a minute in the spotlight. Instead, they appear reluctant at times to tell their stories. They have professional lives and families and reputations to maintain. There is no motivation for them to make up tall tales. To understand it all, we may have to look even deeper into the depths of the Pentagon UFO files to try and determine once and for all what's really out there. <laughs>